Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk, presented by Theatre in the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode, and leave us a five-star review so listeners like you can find us. And as always, follow us on Twitter and visit theaterinthenow.com for latest news, reviews, and interviews. She's a pageant queen, a comedy queen, a theater queen, a dancing queen. She's every queen. She can do it all. It's Fifi Dubois. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Okay. It's a little bit of a dreary day out, but whatever. It's fine. I mean, life goes on. Yeah. We're, we're getting closer to spring, eventually, maybe. I mean, it was so lovely when there was that last day of Mar- uh, May. Was it before April? March. Last day of March, <laughs> when it was like 60 degrees, and then there was... Then April 1st, it was back down. It started snowing. And, and then April 2nd, it was... Yeah, that's, it was what, nice. that's what I'm talking about. It was April 1st was nice, and then April 2nd was... It was bad. It was not again. fun. Yeah. So, have you been catching up and watching Drag Race Season 10? I have been watching Drag Race Season 10. I usually like to watch each episode twice. Mm-hmm. I haven't gotten to do that with every episode, but I did get to do that with the second episode, which I enjoy, because I feel like... Especially if you watch it at a bar or even with a group of friends, you end up talking over half the show anyways. Absolutely. (laughs) So I feel like you have to watch it twice to... Like, I didn't even know about, on Bob's season, the first thing went completely over my head. Yeah. Because I kept watching it at bars, and then suddenly, like, the last episode, they're like, purse, 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 purse. I was like, what is this purse, purse thing? Where did (laughs) this come from? Went back and watched the whole thing. I was like, oh, this happened, like, episode two. This yeah. thing came in, well, and I was really, like, I mean, honestly, like after Bob's purse first, everyone's trying to come up with their thing. Mm. It was before that. Well, I think it started like I want to say six or seven, because Bob and other girls came in like looking to start a catchphrase. Because Robbie Turner came in ready with a catchphrase. Oh, Robbie! And like other people, there's yeah, not that they've all been as successful as purse first, but there have been plenty of other. I mean, just look, just look at the season 10 girls. Like, every week they have a new pin or a t-shirt or something. Well, like, my good girlfriend, Miss Yuhamasaki, is milking the crap out of this onk Yes, thing. she is. And I guarantee you that she actually, she really did not know what an onk was. Oh, before. probably not. No, probably not even not. in the slightest. And she's milking it for every 575 it's worth on EliteQueens.com. Onk, so. onk. <laughs> But we're enough about you, huh? We're going to talk about you. Mm. Uh, so where are you from? Um, so my family is from Westchester, but I was born in Richardson, Texas, and I grew up in Tampa, Florida. So I moved to Tampa when I was about three or four, and so I lived there until I was eighteen, and then I came to New York for college. So I say I was raised in Tampa, um, but then I started drag in. In New York, but also I was going back for the summers because it was Mm. college, so I was still doing some drag in Florida, too. So I have a... I actually like that I have two opposing upbringings in drag. I had New York City drag, and I had, like, the Tampa, Florida pageant drag as well. So I I like that I have both of those things. Nice. And where did you go to college? I went to SUNY Purchase. SUNY Purchase. That little place. Conservatory of Dance. And what was that like? It was, it was good. It was, I loved it because it was, it's such a queer college. They have a really great queer community. It's nice also because of where it is. It's close enough to the city that it's convenient, but you can also stay away from the drugs and the hustle and bustle of the city. Absolutely. Whereas I feel like a lot of kids that go to like NYU or Juilliard get sucked into bad habits very quickly being directly in the city. So, being so close to the city, how often did you come in? Um, my freshman and sophomore year, I didn't come in that often. But I think by the end of my sophomore year, I was already doing drag because I started doing drag my freshman year um, as a part of a contest that I lost every year until the last one. Anyways, <laughs> um, but I came in, I think, I think it started like my junior, end of sophomore year, junior year, I did my first contest like drag contest in the city and that's when i really started coming in a lot Mm -hmm. i didn't have like a great connection to the city so i didn't i only went in for like assignments or to maybe take an extra class 
Were there any New York queens that like took you in and helped you out when you first? Um, actually, it wasn't a queen. It was uh, Jimmy Prada. Okay. Which I don't know that no if that many people know him. He mostly DJs or was DJing over at Intermezzo. I'm not sure if he still is. Um, but he actually we met him. I met him at my college during an event called Zombie Prom when he was dating my friend Alex Stark. Um, so they were dating and he like came in for this event or whatever. And then he saw me and he's like, oh, I think you should go and do a contest in the city. And he took me to Shaquita's show for her co-host contest when she used to have it at Bartini before. Bartini. (laughs) I worked at Bartini when it first opened and I worked at Bartini when it finally closed. (laughs) (laughs) So I was there for the beginning and the end of it. Um, so I was there, and actually that night is one of my favorite stories. It's a really magical kind of experience for, like, a first exposure to New York City drag. So I was there for her co-host contest. Nobody else showed up to compete. I was the Whoa. only one that showed up. That's not what was magical about it. <laughs> that was actually kind of tragical about it. I was the only one that was there. But in the audience that night for the contest was the late, great Sahara Davenport, uh, Alexis Arquette, Sherry Vine, Manila Luzon, Pandora Box, Mimi I'm First, and Shaquita, of course. I feel like there might have even been more, but that's, that's like kind of seven amazing. legendary yeah. New York City and beyond um, nightlife and drag legends in one room watching my first ever New York City drag performance. And Do they- any of them remember me? No, but it was magical for Did me. Did they give you so. any feedback? Um, Not really. Like I had a I had a bit of a conversation with Manila. This was I think after filming Drag Race, but before anybody knew she was on. Sure. Um, so she was like Sahara was still the star of the relationship at the time. Um, so she came over and talked to me because everybody else had already bombarded Sahara. So she comes over and talked to me and like we just chatted about drag and whatever. And then the second she gets on Drag Race, every other time she talks to me, she doesn't remember who I am. Of course. So that's right. Even though we had a nice fifteen minute conversation the first time I met her, <laughs> but then she couldn't remember me after that. How would you describe Fifi in three words? Hmm. I like athletic, witty, and glamorous. Okay, I can go with that. I can buy that. I like yeah, because I, I, always, I always have, even from the beginning, I've always described my style as either um, semi-camp, where like she, from a distance she can pass as a woman... Yeah. But it's, I'm not taking it too seriously, but I'm also not going full Trixie Mattel or full um, Sherry Vine where I'm talking about poop. Sure. So it's a nice happy medium in those. Um, and then nothing wrong with talking about poop or looking like Trixie Mattel. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I'm going to get reamed for shitting on them, but I'm not. Um, and then I like to mix dance with comedy rather than being just a comedy queen or mm-hmm. just a dancing queen. I like to have a nice balance. Absolutely. Where, what is the origin of your name? Um, so it's had many origins cause there have been many times where I've considered changing it for various reasons. Um, because there is a house of Dubois out of New Orleans, which is where Nicole Dubois, mm-hmm. the queen who wins in the pageant documentary that everyone knows. Um, so I'm no, no relation to Nicole Dubois or the New Orleans Dubois. It's just a name that I picked. There was drama with Dallas Dubois when she was doing drag. Um, so that was another thing that I mm-hmm. had like considered, changing it for that reason. But the actual story is, in college, when I was trying to come up with my name, um, I was still on good friends with Ms. Jade, and she suggested, I was like, I kind of want something French and very showgirly, like very stage namey. And she's like, why not Dubois? And I was like, well, I don't know what that means. So let me Google it before I... I liked the way it sounded, didn't know what it meant. So I Googled it. It means um, of the wood or mm-hmm. of the woods. And I was like, oh, that's funny, like a penis. <laughs> so I then had like other names. I was like, oh, I was almost a Kiki. I was almost, oh, they were all horrible. <laughs> and then I ended up with Fifi because it's not something you name. It's a poodle name. It's not mm-hmm. a person name. So I was like, oh, okay, the, this is a stage name. But later on, as I kept thinking about changing it, there was more and more reasons why I ended up liking it more. So a Fifi is a slang name for a poodle. It's also a slang name for a vagina in parts of Europe. And it's also a homemade uh, sex toy for prisoners. Of course. Um, and then Dubois, I found out from a French friend of mine that I worked with on Carnival Cruise Lines, 
um, that Dubois actually relates to the Bois du Boulogne, which is where all the prostitutes hang out in France. So if you're a Dubois, that means you're of prostitution heritage. Perfect. So I, I just kept falling in love yeah. with it more and more. Who are some of your drag inspirations? Um, there's so many. I love, I love classic drag and I love old school drag. I love Coco Peru for like comedy purposes and for her, the fact that she has a signature look that she hasn't changed in 80 million years. Um, and she's stuck with it. She's, and I always love listening to her talk about why she has never changed. Um, another one would be Candace Kane. Um, just because she's so gorgeous, she's an amazing dancer. She we have similar backgrounds, similar upbringings, and she's just been such an amazing success. So that I just keep falling in love with her more and more. She does, um, and then Elvira would be a, mm-hmm. a huge drag inspiration. Um, I discovered her later in life. I'm not one of those people that grew up with her. Like I had seen her sure. on television, but I never she never registered or really resonated with me until I was much older. Um, but also she's another one of those, the more and more I hear her talk about her life and her, her building her drag character makes me fall in love with her more and more. And like, we both have similar showgirl backgrounds. Um, so a great podcast to listen to is her talking to Chris Hardwick, the Mm -hmm. Nerdist podcast. She does a podcast with him and she delves into like her whole career and it's really, really amazing to listen to. How long does it take to transform into Fifi? Um, it takes, it's so funny, as I get older, I do get faster. I can do it in about 45 minutes. Oh, nice. I like to leave myself three hours. <laughs> I know that's a big gap. Um, but there will be days when I'm just, like, going through the motions. I leave myself three hours and I'm ready two and a half hours early. And I'm like, yeah, uh, what do I do now? Um, so I like to give myself lots of time, especially if I want to experiment or I haven't picked out my outfit. A lot of times that three hours is me picking out things or picking out colors or packing yeah. is what ends up half of that time being. So you are known as a pageant queen. Unfortunately, you, you, yes. You've done a couple, <laughs> done a few. So take the floor. What crowns and titles do you have? Um, so I've done pageants for most of my drag career, probably seven out of the nine plus years. Um, so I did lots of pageants before I started winning. The first one that I ever, like, actual pageant that I officially won was Miss America in 2015. But I was Miss America 2016 because that's how Miss America does it. Sure. And they model it after Miss America. Uh, Miss America models it after Miss America. Um, so that was my first one. And then I was I'm Miss Stonewall, currently Miss Stonewall 2017, Miss Boots and Saddles 2018, Miss Fire Island Entertainer of the Year, which is different, but the same, uh, 20, 2017 as well. Those are That's it. People think I have a million mm-hmm. titles, but I only have those four, and then I've gotten runner-up titles that are also missed titles. Sure. But. What inspired you to do the pageant circuit? Um, that's actually a great question. Um, I grew up as a dance competition kid, so I did... Star Power, Bravo, all those dance competitions you see on like Dance Moms and all those shows. So I grew up doing those and I loved those because of the critiques that you would get afterwards and you had to have a set routine to help yourself grow and learn in the dance industry. Um, So I grew up with that experience and I kind of went into pageantry expecting the same kind of thing. And I think you do get that. I think it's, it's all about constructive criticism, growing, doing your best, not, not necessarily doing the best of the group i think it's because if you your talent might be better than someone else's but it was the overall or it was that person's best ability i don't know there's there's so many different ways to take it it's not always about oh god somebody posted a really great quote quote yesterday about pageants that it's not about how well you do in your it Pageants don't tell you how your talent is, how you act afterwards, win or lose. Absolutely. Shows true character. Um, essentially, that was really badly paraphrased. <laughs> but basically, that's what, that's the idea. And I think that makes a lot of sense with pageantry. So with all the different pageants and the rules that come with each, what are some of the most difficult elements, elements you run up against? Um, 
they're different for each one. So what's a common thing that I find? Um, something I run into with doing both national pageants and bar pageants is I kind of, I treat them all the same, but people don't always necessarily right. treat them all the same. Um, cause like something I notice other girls do, they hear evening gown and they're like, oh, that can be whatever. And I'm like, no, there's actually like right. an unwritten set of rules that most pageant judges follow that it has to hit the floor. It has to, your hair can't touch the gown. There's all these little unwritten things that everyone judges on. Um, in 98% of pageants. Right. Um, what else? There's certain things like with, so I've done recently, I've done Miss Continental and with Miss Continental, you can interview as a boy or a girl. I usually choose to interview as a girl cause it's a female title. You're representing right. female when you're on stage and they also have a Mr. Continental. So my argument for it always is if the Mr. Contestants can't interview female sure why should the female contestants be able to interview male that's fair that's how i see it not everybody sees it that way and sure. that's totally fine because they give you the option to do either um and then other pageants like i've done miss gay america recently and they for years and they're starting to be more lax on it but they've always said that you need to be more conservative in your male interview as far as what you wear and things like that but i'm like but i like to wear when i wear suits i like to wear very flamboyant very busy bright suits because I think it's fun yeah. and I don't like the stuffiness. I'm not going for Miss Logan Republican, Logan Cabin <laughs> Republican. I'm going for Miss Gay America. Yeah. Why can't I be gay and American? Like Absolutely. So that's, I think there are certain things that can be changed and, and there are rules that everyone knows and everyone is supposed to follow that nobody follows. Like for a presentation at Miss Continental, every year they always say, they give you a color, it's usually white with no stones and no beating. Everybody shows up stoned and beaded. Of course. And I'm like, this is there's one rule, white and no stones. And they choose to follow one and not the other. But it's presentation, so it's unjudged. It's not, it doesn't affect your score. And sure. this is an argument that everyone always makes. Where I was like, well, why doesn't it affect your score? Because it's too much work. <laughs> to, to then go back and be like, oh, well, this girl wore stones, but she's already made the top 12. Here's 10 points off. No, you're not going to do that, so... Is there one crown you're particularly hungry for? That's a great question. And the answer, honestly, at this time in my life is no. Um, because I haven't found... I've, I've done Continental and I loved it and I had a great time. Would I love to be Miss Continental eventually or at some point in my life? Yes. But I haven't found... I haven't found that one that I'm like, this... I want to represent my life's work. I want this to be what people remember me for. I haven't found it yet. I know I will, or maybe once I have it, then I'll be like, this is the thing that matters the most to me. At this moment, winning Miss America, one, it was my first pageant I ever won, so that holds a great place in my heart. And it was something I've seen so many amazing entertainers win, so I'm very partial to that title yeah. and that system and that um, event at this moment. Um, but I might find that again in another pageant. But I haven't, I haven't found it yet, I don't think. So you mentioned Miss Gay America, mm -hmm. and you're going for it again this year. Yes, so I've already gone twice. I did a prelim for Miss Gay New York America in March. That's the <laughs> month before April. Um, so I did one in March, and I did not place top two. You have to place top two in order to go to finals or nationals or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I didn't place, and after the pageant, I was approached by a few people, and they're like, are you interested in the system? Did you enjoy yourself? And I was like, yeah, I am. And they're like, why don't you go and do another prelim? And I was like, I don't know. And then I had mentioned it to a couple people that I was thinking about doing a prelim. And then people offered to help me financially get there. So I was like, well, now I have no excuse. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to go and give it another try. And I would love to go. Um, finals are in October in St. Louis. And I've never been to St. Louis. So it'll be it'll be a fun nice. Um, so what is special about this pageant? So ooh, this is different to everybody. I like Miss Gay America because it's the last pageant that's specifically designed or 
dedicated to female impersonation in that you can't... This, there's, this is such a touchy way. This, I have to be so careful how I word this. Um, you have to... During the interview, you have to present male. You can identify as female or even lead your life as female as long as you're not um, on any sort of hormones or have had any body modifications mm-hmm. to make yourself more female. Um, so there are tons of pageants. I just participated in Miss Continental, which is very trans-friendly. Um, and most drag pageants are. Um, but this is the last one that specifically is designed or was originally designed for um, male-bodied people who impersonate female. Nice. And what can what do you, what spoilers can you give us? What can we expect to see from your presentation? Um. So the theme is the theme is spectrum. So each contestant is can choose a color okay. and represent that color. Not necessarily. They don't have to represent a rainbow. They actually don't want you to do a rainbow. They want you to pick one color and do that. And I have chosen an animal rather than like an idea or an emotion. Okay. Because I feel like everyone's going to do either, like, heartbreak or passion or sadness. So I went in kind of a different... I don't want to give too much away, but if, it's you, all right. if you follow me on Instagram or Facebook, you can see the photos when uh, when it's all done. How do you prepare for the pageant? Spend a lot of money. <laughs> um, usually rehearse... Uh, talents a lot and the biggest ish, the biggest struggle I have with a lot of pageants is interview I think that's the most nerve wracking category as you can hear in this interview I um and ah a lot <laughs> so that's my biggest thing is making sure that I sound precise and well spoken and not think too much about my answers because like when I did Miss Gay New York America I noticed after I came out of the interview room, it was my first time doing a solo interview with Continental. I had always done group interviews, Mm -hmm. which I actually like better. Um, But I had to do a solo interview, and I feel like I took like an extra 45 seconds to think of my answer for every question. I'm like, they hated that, and I actually scored lowest in solo interview, which never happens for me. So I think it was just, it was a new experience, and it was, it was different style of interview. I like the group interview because you can feed off of other people's answers, and if you don't have your answer thought of yet, you can wait for somebody else to answer sure. and then answer after them. Well, you, I love playing games with the podcast, so we're going to do a little game here. It's called the Ultimate Pageant Q&A. <laughs> okay. And we're going to get you ready for the gig, and I've pulled some pageant questions okay. and gave them a little bit of a twist. Oh, God. Okay. Um, so you're going to give us your best pageant answer for some of these. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you I'll tell you my secret to pageant answers after. Awesome. So the first one, what is your favorite body part? That's a great question. Thank you. Uh, the question was, what is my favorite body part? I would have to say my favorite body part is my hands because your hands are an extension of your body. And as a dancer, I find that I can express myself best through my outer limbs rather than only internally. And as Miss What the Block Block Talk. Block Talk Miss Block Talk twenty eighteen, <laughs> I want to represent not only my turn my internal passion, but also my external passion for this pageant and what it represents. Amazing. All right. Thank you. Ne- next next one. Which rude girl would you invite to a dinner party and what would be on the menu? Thank you for that question. The question was, what Rue girl would I invite to a dinner party and... Sorry, say it again. What would be on the menu? Okay. Oh. I would have to invite Alaska because I think she would be a great dinner guest. I could listen to her talk all day long, no matter what she says. And I believe what would be on the the menu would have to be anus. Uh, Oh, great. That's a great answer. I mean... I love that. It's one of my favorite meals. Yes. I, oh, of course. <laughs> um, let's go with, what do you do if you found out your love was straight? Oh, God. Um, thank you for the question. What would I do if I found out my love 
was straight. Um, I would wish them the best <laughs> on their heteronormative journey and hope that they find a woman that can't do anything that I can do. Yeah. I because like I'm more of a woman than they'll ever be. <laughs> right? That's, that's the right answer. I think so. All right. Next is, what is the biggest challenge young people today face? Biggest challenge young people today face? Oh, that's such a loaded question. Oh, that's, I feel like that's like the hardest question I've ever gotten in my life. Um, <laughs> oh. Okay, the, this is a pageant. So I think the hardest thing that young people face today is judgment. Not only judgment by society, but judgment from their peers whether it be based on their gender identity, based on their um, sexual identity, their thoughts and beliefs, being constantly judged is something we deal with all the time. And the only way to, to learn and grow from that is to take everything with a grain of salt. Oh, that's a horrible answer, but that's what I'm going to say. <laughs> if you were a New York City gay bar, what bar would you be and why? Oh my god. Um, I would be splashed because I'm out of style and out of business. No. Um, I would be... <laughs> you know what? I would probably be... I think this is a good answer. I think I would be pieces because the decor is constantly changing, but the neighborhood and the quality of entertainment and service is always the same. Oh, I like that. I like that. Now, I wrote this question before you came here, so okay. your t-shirt did not <laughs> change this. If Stephanie's child were the DuckTales, who is oh Huey, who is Dewey, and who is Louie? Oh, my goodness. So I'm a bad DuckTales fan because I probably couldn't even tell you which one is which. Huey is red, Dewey is blue, and Louie is green. Yeah, but I feel like they all have pers different personality traits, and I couldn't even tell you what... <laughs> has what personality trait alright so what Huey, Huey is what Huey is red Dewey is blue Louie is green okay Laguna is obviously blue Dewey too too obvious um well Rosé would be red so she's Huey and then and then Jan would be I think Jan can be green yeah but Jan I mean if if it were actually they were to get their own color she would obviously be purple right but, yeah. All right, this is the last question. Okay. Recent polls show that one, a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? You're the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Can you repeat the question? The question is, recent polls show that a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I've heard this question a million times. I don't think I've ever actually come up with my own answer for it. <laughs> Um, a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do I think that is? Well, I used to think that Argentina was located in Spain, so I am not a good person to ask about geography. Um, I know that Switzerland's flag is a plus sign. Um, and I think Donald Trump. Love it. That's Love my it. answer. Final, final answer. Did you know the girl who um, answered that question mm -hmm. was on The Amazing Race? Her of course she was. Everybody's been on she Amazing Race. She came in third place. They did really Dear, well. Who was her partner? Her boyfriend. Okay. At the time, I think. Okay. Gone. That poor, <laughs> that poor girl. She probably can't get a job anywhere. No. Well, that was the thing. Like, Because I think it was like year after it happened. Uh -huh. So it, how everyone knew who she was. And they were just making fun of her the entire time. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm smarter than that. So... But she overcame it. She came But it's, it's... That's the thing. Q&A is such a tough thing, especially on, like, Miss America, Miss United States, or whatever. They usually only give you 30 seconds yeah. to answer. So it's nerve-wracking. If, if it's a question you've never thought about or a question you don't even know that much about... Like I said, I don't know that much about geography. You give me a yeah. geography question, I'm going to stumble. And I think she thought about it wrong. Rather than... Thinking about the education part of it, I think she thought about the actual location. Right.
because that's why she started saying Iraq and the Iraqis. such as yeah, yeah yeah I mean she you know what at least she was committed I think that was also was that the year no that was after everyone after that year the question that all of those Miss United States and Miss America was about Syria right because that's when the big Syria thing had started and. I feel like maybe she was just prepared to answer a question about Iraq. So she she just had that rolling through her head. I don't know. So you have a strong ability to provide the masses with an array of styles and genres in your shows. When curating your bar shows, how do you pick your material? Um, I try to base it off the audience. Um, One thing that I always tell young queens, especially when they're talking to me about working at certain places is you need to know that bar audience. And one of the best places to learn, which is actually how I learned mic skills and hosting skills and things like that, was through Boots and Saddles. Absolutely. Because Boots and Saddles has the weirdest mm-hmm. audience. Like, you never know exactly what you're going to get, so you have to be on your toes. You have to know how to roll with the punches, change your set list up at, an, at a moment's notice. Um, so I always tell people that that's a really great place to start. Because then other places are... 20 times easier to work at because you're always going to have a consistent yeah. community and assistant, consistent um, clientele or Absolutely. regulars. So I think I, I base it off of the audience and the time. The time has a lot to do with it. My nighttime shows are so different from my happy hour shows. Happy hour shows, I feel people are there to be entertained and to watch a show and watch you perform. Whereas night shows, they want high energy music, quick, easy to understand jokes. They don't want to think too much. They just want to look and be like, oh, that's cool. Or this sounds cool. Or have something that's going to catch their ear, something that's going to be familiar to them. Absolutely. Since you've basically worked with everyone, (laughs) what baby New York City drag queen that you've yet to work with is on your dream list? Oh, baby New York queens. I feel like I've worked with a lot of them, too. Um... I'm going to mention a few because there's yeah, different reasons. Um, I've seen Felicia a couple of times, and every time I see her, she does something different. Mm-hmm. So I'm so interested to see when she finally lands on... I mean, maybe she'll be a chameleon forever. Who knows? But I think she's going to eventually land on what works for her and what is really going to sell her to a lot of different bars. And I'm interested to work with her once she's pinpointed that. And yeah. I think... I think that'll be a really interesting journey to watch. Um, Nicole Anoscopy, I've seen. I've not directly worked with on purpose. Um, Not that it was a a bad accident. But um, I would work with... I would like to work with her because I was really... The few times I've seen her, I've been really entertained. And honestly, I've also seen her grow. I ran the Instagram for Abracadabra a few times. And she was shopping there when she first started mm-hmm. so she would always tag us in her photos of her looks and her look has gone night and day yeah. it's so crazy the the growth She's in like a matter of months yeah where is drag heading in the shitter um no drag i mean i love where sasha valore has taken drag into this multimedia outlet i think it's so amazing. I think drag started in the theater, obviously, and I think it's honestly heading back in that direction. Absolutely. Out of just bars, there's so many touring drag shows, um, cabaret venues that are doing drag shows instead of just nightclubs and bars. But at the same time, when you look at that from a working queen standpoint, I work in New York City and I do... Basically two different types of show. I have one show a week at Copacabana, which is a ticketed show, which is a lot of tourists and people don't know that don't know that they could go to a bar down the right. street and not pay a cover charge to see almost the same exact show. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I like theater when it's a specific thing that you're not going to be able to see in a bar. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's where drag is headed to a, a curated theatrical experience but different, differently in different ways. You go see a Sasha Velour curated show, it's going to be very multimedia, very performance art. You go and see um, Work the World or one of those, it's going to be 
those queens you don't get to see in bars. Right. You know, they're maybe doing the same things that other queens are doing in bars, but you're not going to necessarily get to see Shangela or Peppermint performing at bars as much as you are going to see them in those right. national tours. So I think they're bringing different things. And I have something under my sleeve that I'm working on as far as a theater experience that'll be very different from anything that's being offered at the moment. But that's amazing in like a 10-year plan <laughs> that I've had for over 15 years. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see when it actually comes to fruition. But If you could do one thing over from your early drag career, what would it be? If I could do one thing over... The pageant answer is I wouldn't change anything. It's all led me to where I am today. But reality-wise, what would I change? <laughs> oh, that's... Honestly, I don't... I don't... There's not anything that I'm like, that was a huge mistake or that was... One thing... Okay. There was... This is something that I know a lot of queens have made this mistake is letting someone else tell you what your drag should be like. Mm -hmm. And there was a period for about a year where I was listening to someone that was claiming they could help me with all these different things and make all these things that I wanted happen. And it turns out that that person was done fuck-upping my drag. So I, I listened to someone that took me in a direction that I never should have gone. So I, I kind of felt like I rail, fell off the rails in my drag for about a year by listening to that and I ended up going back right back to where I was at the beginning of that year so I, I think I wasted a year of my drag listening to someone I shouldn't have listened to that's fair so there are a lot of queens in the city and where there are queens there is drama how do you stay out of the drama and do you think it hurts the community at all me staying out of the drama doesn't hurt nobody um but, the but yes the drama in general um it does hurt the community but it, it's inevitable which is unfortunate um, because, like everybody says, they the second the post goes up, everybody posts the the Michael Jackson gif of him eating the popcorn yeah. from Thriller. Everyone just sits there and watches, rather than telling that person, "You're being immature. This is not the way to handle this situation." Which I usually I do try to stay out of most of them in that. I remove myself from all of these things. I don't feed into the the poking of the bear or people people things that even involve me supposedly drama wise. People ask me, "Oh, well, what do you think?" and I just don't answer. Yeah. Um because it it's none of my business what other people think of me, as RuPaul would say. Um it's it's toxic. <laughs> God, I can't believe I just said that. But it's it's by feeding into it and and blowing it up is is adding to the the bad air of it and making it worse. My advice is always, if you have a problem with someone, go directly to them and ask. Because there is nothing I will say to anyone else about someone that I won't say directly to your right. face. If it's, how, if it's how I feel, something I've noticed, something that you've done to me directly, if I don't go to you first and you hear it from somebody else, please come and ask me about it. Because there's a reason why I said what I said. Absolutely. Or maybe I didn't say that and this is all he said, she said. Hearsay, whatever. Um, it's... There There was an issue where someone had posted a video that didn't directly affect me per se. But they kept saying things that were really directed towards me. And all I said, I, I didn't... I don't comment, I don't like, I don't say anything public i wrote that person a message i said this is immature you're burning bridges you need to stop they didn't but i said my piece i did what i could to try and um not fan the flames try and try and put out the fire they didn't want to listen that's their problem if you can give one piece of advice to a drag performer just starting out what would it be be yourself that's my least favorite answer for anyone to ever give for anything. They're like, oh, how, how should I get on Drag Race? How should I do this? Be yourself. Be true to you. No shit, Sherlock. But I think the best advice, I give this advice to a lot of the girls that were doing the Ultimate Drag Pageant when I judged the week before the finale. Um, I thought of it and I was like, this is a really great piece of advice. I need to let everyone know this. Do what you think is going to be entertaining. What would impress you? 
what would shock you and what you would want to see yourself perform if you were having an out-of-body experience. If you don't think you would like it, don't do it. If it's not a song that you're not, if it's a song that you're not passionate about, don't do it. Unless someone's giving you a hundred dollar bill to do that song, then sure. do it, girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's do something that you would want to watch, something that yeah. you would want to see. Because I I've seen other people's performances and I was like, oh, I wish I had thought of that. And that's that's how you have to think is that I want to do it first before anybody else. Absolutely. So we're gonna play my favorite game on the podcast, okay. Tea Time, uh, and I I like to go through. Um, Instagram and other social media like try to find out the people I should ask Okay, and you are someone who I feel like is that kid in high school who was part of every clique because you like you're in every part of the drag community so I've given you a a spattering of people they tried to cast I tried to get cast on uh, was it not true life uh, made on yeah. MTV, and they're like, "What click are you part of?" I'm like, "I'm part of every click. I'm everybody's friend." So that's totally me. Yeah, yeah. yeah you are. You are the every friend of the drag <laughs> okay. So I'm giving you a little spattering. So um, you'll sp- spill some tea, um, share some stories. Okay. With some of your favorite sisters, people you share the stage with. Okay. First up is Holly Day. Holly Day. Um, I've worked with Holly a lot through uh, Distorted Disney, through Queen. Holly, one of my favorite experiences with Holly, we did a show in Atlantic City. It was myself, Honey Davenport, and Holly Day. And we were leaving. We had done the show, so we were going to go have an after party. And as we're leaving the hotel, there was a limousine outside. And he's like, you guys want to take a limousine to, like, divey gay bar in Atlantic City? So we did. And it was stripper night. And I said, Holly, what are you excited? I was, like, decided to film her. And I was like, Holly, what are you excited about? She's like... I want to see penis! And I was like, <laughs> there it is, kids. Million dollar question, million dollar answer. Next is Brenda Darling. Okay. Brenda Darling. I So me and Brenda... I met Brenda first time doing Miss Fire Island Entertainer of the Year a bajillion years ago on... It was like 2010, I want to say. It was the year she won. Um, and... I don't think she cared for my performance. And I think we just didn't click for the longest time. And I think that's because we're very similar entertainers. I wouldn't say similar people, but we have similar tastes. So I think I'll take it as she thought I could do better. And I think that that wanting her approval made me do better. And I, and I thank her for that. Um, and I think now our relationship is, is really great back and forth. And she'll tell me when she doesn't like things. And I like mm-hmm. that about her. That she'll be the first one to be like, no, girl, I don't like that. I don't like that hair. <laughs> I don't like that talent. I don't like that costume. Don't nice. do it. So I, I, I like that relationship with her for that reason. Next is Prodigy Major. Oh, Prada. So, okay. Me and Prada go way back. Um, one of my favorite people. Just so fun to hang out. Very, just a real, real person. Um... Not that most people are fake, but a lot are. Um, so my favorite Prada story is we had done a fundraiser at Booze and Saddles. I believe it was a Toys for Tots event, which we do every year. And we got wasted. And we decided we were going to go to Barracuda afterwards. And we're both sitting on the train. Wait, I think we're both in drag. And we're like almost there. We're like a stop away. And we're like, I have to pee. She's like, me too. So we got off the train and we peed on the side of a building together in full drag. <laughs> um, this is, again, like 10 years ago, but still to this day, one of my favorite stories. And she lost her phone that night. Oh, boy. So it was, it was, like, it was a night to remember. Yeah. Next is Christina Ashton. Christina Ashton. So I've known Christina Ashton for years as a regular at Boots and Saddles. And when she would come, she would always be like, oh, I used to do drag. And she would show us pictures and things like that. I had actually tried to book her twice at my show at Boots and Saddles and both times she didn't show up and then suddenly Boots and Saddles offers a show, offers her a show and she's there every week. <laughs> so, I don't know, maybe she didn't like me at the time or maybe she just wasn't ready to get back in drag. I don't know, but um, I love her now and I think we have a great a great relationship and um, she's really fun to, to hang out and kiki with. Next is a duo, Angel Electra and Shady Pines. Oh, they're, they're a handful and um, I do like them both for very different reasons, which I, I love that in a, in a couple, and I think that makes them very dynamic. Um, 
one thing I do like them separately, better than I like them performing together as far as entertainment value, because um, they both bring very different things. Absolutely. But personality-wise, I think it's the opposite on stage. I feel like off stage, Angel is really crazy and off the wall, but she's a very reserved kind of classic performer. And Shady is the opposite. She's kind of reserved off stage, but then on stage, she does all this kooky, crazy yeah mixes and things that you would never expect so i think it's really interesting that their um, personalities are different from their performance styles nice next up is coco de ball i should have done a spit take um <laughs> coco de ball again known her for a million years um so we people know us together more than they know us apart i find um People remember shows that we've done together. We had a short-lived um, game show for the longest time. But Coco actually got her first show at Boots and Saddles because I left Boots and Saddles. So we had kind of a, an interesting relationship in that she was there only because I was gone and vice versa. And I was going, like, whatever. Not really vice versa, but whatever. But then out of this kind of almost accidentally animositive, that's not a real word, almost accidental love-hate relationship came this great friendship. And, like, we first thought we had to hate each other because she was taking my show, sure. in quotes. Um, but then it ended up, we work really well because we're opposite personalities and opposite styles visually. So it actually, it works very similar into the way that Trixie and Katya work. Nice. And that they, they yin and yang each other, and I find we do the same thing. Who's the Trixie and who's the Katya? Um, what's funny, so theirs, their relationship, the way that they describe it is Katya is classically beautiful, but batshit insane. And Trixie is crazy looking, but more classically comedic. And I find we're the same but different. So I'm classically comedic and classic looking, and she's batshit crazy. And crazy looking. <laughs> so it works for the same reasons, yeah. just opposite aesthetics. Yeah. Next up is Hibiscus. Hibiscus. She is such a sweetheart. She's the cutest, tiniest little thing. Um, and I think she's going to go really far. I, th I think she's got a really bright future um, out of her. I don't know where it's going to go yet, and I'm excited to see where she ends up, what she ends up doing to really skyrocket her. Yeah, she's, she's amazing. Mm -hmm. I had to throw in a Rue girl, so the Rue girl I decided to throw in is Aquaria. Okay. Um, oh, it's so funny. Um, I have a, a, very, a very acquaintance-like relationship with Aquaria. We've worked together a few times, but we've never, like, hung out outside of drag. I mean, not that I really hang out outside of drag with anybody. I actually really don't have a lot of friends. I know that sounds sad, but it's a personal choice that I've decided to make. Um, for drama reasons, mostly. Um, but Aquarius, she, I think she's really talented. And people underestimate her because they only see her on Instagram. So they only think she's this look queen. And I know her background. And I know that she's also like a dance, Dolly yeah. Dinkle dance studio, dance competition kid. Was her upbringing. And people don't see that a lot via social media. And Absolutely. I think that's going to be, that's really going to work in her favor. You got to see a little bit on, of that on this past episode, but I can't wait to see more. Yeah. Because she's actually a really great performer, in my opinion. Next, we have Tara Hyman. Tara Hyman, Tara Granade, as uh, I know, the artist formerly known as Tara Granade. Um, I love, I love working with Tara. She is another one. She's batshit crazy. Um, yes, she is. And, uh... I'm interested to see, because she's now decided to step away, not completely, but step back from drag a little bit, and I'm excited to see what that does for her, as either mental health or as development of her drag career or her drag character. I'm excited to, where, to see where that brings her. Um, I know this is a an unpopular opinion. I liked Terra Grenade as a name. Did you? Better. And I know people are, some people love it, some people hate it. I like Terra Grenade because there's, I don't know any other Terra Grenades. Right. I know other Terra Hymans. Sorry. Love you, girl. But there's Busta Hymans, Terra Hymans, Tora Hymans. There's 
she could make a hymen house she if she wanted to. House. The house of hymen. The house of hymen. But it's. I thought that Terra Grenade, there was no other drag queen named Terra Grenade or no yeah. one even using Grenade as a, a last name. So, unpopular opinion, but mine. Next we have Honey Davenport. Honey Davenport. So, it's so funny. So, people were talking about, I'm going to get into a little bit of drama. People were talking about her winning Miss Paradise and... Some people were saying that she won it because I'm her best friend. We are good friends. I consider her a great friend of mine. But I don't have really any best friends. We don't braid each other's hair. We don't go eat dollar pizza and watch Rocky Horror together. We we hang out at pageants mostly when we compete in pageants yeah. together. Or when we travel together or when we're booked together. Do we both book each other because we like each other as entertainers? Yes. Does that make us best friends? No. No, That makes us sisters and that makes us people who know good talent and good entertainers when we see it. So I I love her. I I call her a sister 100%. I think she's an amazing entertainer and I think she's a brilliant title holder. She Every title that she's ever hold, held, she's done an amazing job and made really great things happen. So I um, applaud her for that and I think she's an amazing person. Nice. And finally, we're going to go with Pattaya Hart. Pattaya Hart. Um, I'm so proud of her. Um, She's another Miss America, the current reigning Miss America. Um, She competed the year I won, and she was actually my first runner up that year. Um, She couldn't go the following year because she was um, visiting Thailand, which everyone thought was code for Drag Race. But it wasn't. Um, so she couldn't compete the following year. And then she finally, she came back the next year and she stole it right after doing um, Continental with me as well when she yeah. made top five and I made top 12. Um, I'm, I'm really proud of her. I think she's doing amazing things. Um, I'm excited for her. I think Continental this year is hers to lose. I think she's got a really great chance. And I'm really excited to see uh, her snatch the crown. Nice. How many outfits do you have in your drag wardrobe? Because <laughs> like I really, somebody asked me this the other day. I don't think I've seen you wear the same thing. I've seen you enough times. Yeah. Um, oh God. So I try to do purges where I uh, where I wear a mask and I take a baseball bat to my costumes <laughs> at night um, while a siren goes off in my living room. But no, I try to I try to get rid of things. But a lot of times I will sell things that I've only worn once Mm -hmm. because I'm like I'm just done with it or I got what I needed out of it I probably have I've been a friend of mine is a professional organizer and she's been helping me organize my uh my drag closet which is basically my whole house um and uh, I'm gonna say 150 but I think that's being modest and it's probably closer to 200 nice but I have I do have also like a lot of separates and a lot of just leotards like I probably have 40 leotards which is a costume in itself, but it fits in a right. Ziploc yeah, bag. Absolutely. You know, so... Now, speaking of amazing looks, what was it like to gain attention from Sia on Instagram during Christmas? Um, so when I first had the costume made by the amazing Whitney Newman, Whitney Newman, a.k.a. Uh, Puretta Victory, um, I was pushing and tagging her in every picture <laughs> that, that came across yeah. in... Uh, in hopes that she would see it. I just kind of wanted her to see it and comment on it. Yeah. I did not expect her to repost it. And I I woke up to um, a comment on the photo that I had posted that she ended up reposting to. She reposted it with some random fan from, like, Switzerland. And I was like, what? No, she didn't. And then she did. It was, it was really amazing. I got probably over 400 followers in, like, 24 hours. Amazing. Just from that. Um, and then I got unfollowed when they realized it was a drag queen. Um, but it was still, it was still really great. And I was laughing. One of the things that I loved about the whole experience, like that week of seeing it on her page, um, while it was still fresh and new was that none of the comments were negative. It's great. From her fans that when she posted, everything was really positive. Everything was really nice. Things that I did find funny was, um, the foreign people that didn't understand that it was someone else that thought it was Sia, that were like, Sia, you're showing your face now? Or like, is this what you look like? And I just thought that was really funny. And I was like, if she looks this good, I do know what she looks like because yeah, I'm a Sia fan. Is. But it's I just thought it was funny that people didn't yeah, realize yeah. that 
it wasn't not even close to the same person. She's like a five foot one little Scandinavian woman, and I'm a six foot man in a dress wearing 18 pounds of makeup. But I just thought that was very funny. If you could pick one New York City drag queen to be your partner on The Amazing Race, who would it be? Oh. Mm-mm-mm. One New York City drag queen. There's so many. I've got like a million running through my head. Um, Coco de Ball. I think Coco de Ball would be probably the ultimate answer. Um, just, but she's not, she doesn't live in New York anymore, but she's still a New York City queen to me. Um, would be Coco because she's crazy. She's annoying as fuck. I know she would drive me nuts. Um, <laughs> but she also, she loves trash TV just like I do. So she loves like Big Brother and Amazing Race and all that. I actually think she watches them more than I do. But another, the other ones, which actually I think would be an amazing duo together, would be either Brenda Darling, because she's really athletic and she's extremely competitive. Because um, I've actually played trivia with Brenda Darling. Oh and we were like, serious. <laughs> like, we had to, the uh, buzzer was popping a balloon and we're both like, they're like stabbing balloons. We ran out of balloons because we popped too many. Oh boy. So um, we're both very competitive. And then the other one, because I think she'd make brilliant TV, is Logan Hardcore. Absolutely. But the two of them together would be... And they've actually talked about applying oh God, for Amazing Race. They should do it. And I think they should, too. Um, I think they would be brilliant together. But if I was the chosen one to pick my teammate, I would pick one of the two, one of the three of those people. Nice. Now, you're a big Disney fan. Mm-hmm. If you could be any Disney princess, who would it be? Oh, my goodness. Oh, God. I mean, there's different reasons for different ones. I think... Probably Ariel. I feel like that's everyone's answer. Every drag queen's answer for the most part. It's, it's yeah. so funny because my sisters are both big Disney freaks and they have their own favorite princesses. My older sister's favorite princess is Snow White. And my um, second oldest sister, her favorite mm-hmm. is Belle. So I think it's funny that mine's even a different one from either yeah. of theirs. Um, so all the girls in my family have their favorite Disney princess. Um, so I think, I think Ariel, cause I've always wanted, I've been obsessed with mermaids. I love mermaids. I'm not one of those queens that like makes it their drag aesthetic <laughs> to be a mermaid, which is fine. That's fine. That's you girl. But you're one in a, one in a thousand, not one in a million. Um, but I love, I love mermaids. Um, I actually have a mermaid tail. I have multiple little mermaid numbers that I never do because everybody has little mermaid numbers. Um, but I, I love mermaids and I love the water my second choice sleeping beauty i know she's probably the most boring princess but she has i think she has the best dress she does and you can wear it in pink or blue it's true so you get options so when you swing into distorted disney who do you get to play when i swing into distorted disney it depends so i when i first started i usually did um in the Lion King number, I'm either Rafiki, which is usually Bootsy's part, or I'm um, one of the animals, which is interchangeable, either Brenda or Pixie. Um, but the roles that I play, I I get to do one of my own numbers and one of their um, mm-hmm. repertoire pieces. So I do my Tinkerbell number, which um, I came up with a million years ago before everybody started doing it. <laughs> is um, It starts, it's actually the Mary Martin Tinkerbell yeah, yeah. dialogue because he actually she actually talks about clapping and bringing fairies back to life and believing so I use that and then it goes into Lady Gaga's applause no, so there's is. actually no actual Disney music in my Tinkerbell mix but she's still a Disney character so it still works um, and then I do Mulan <laughs> if you could hear me roll my eyes it would sound rattling um, but it's it's their show and their Absolutely. repertoire, and I enjoy doing it. It's a fun number, but it is a, a little offensive. But yes. what part of drag isn't a little offensive? Absolutely. So we're going to do the pop five rapid fire, where I'm going to give you five pop culture, current event type things. Okay. And you'll give the first thought, question, thing, story, whatever you want to say about Word it. Word vomit. Okay, great. So the first one is the condom challenge. What is that? I haven't heard about this. So you've heard about the Tide Pod Challenge. Like yes. The team Tide Pod Challenge. Wait, is it the thing where you drop the condom on your head filled no, with no, water? No, no, okay, no. I remember that. No, no. This one is apparently you snort an unopened condom and then have it come out your mouth. Which I was like, I don't understand how that works. Okay, so like the like the 
um, circus clowns that like blow up balloons with their nose kind of thing. I, n- I know. I think it goes in your and then nose out your mouth. and out your mouth. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of like circus and sideshow friends, so I feel like I know how that works. And also there's like the Egyptian thing where they like pull your nose out through your right. brain. So yeah, I, I can see that. But my question will be why? Exactly. I don't Same know. with the Tide Pod Challenge. Why? Okay. Yeah. Next. <laughs> Next is Stranger Things House at Universal Horror Nights. Um, I am the one person alive that actually hasn't seen season two. I watched all of season uh-huh. one, obviously. But I, I have been without Netflix for about a year. So I have not watched season two. Um... That sounds exciting. I think it'll be. I think it'll be great. I think it'll be yeah. really cool. And I think they can do some really cool things. No offense, better than they did with American Horror Story, The Haunted. Yeah. If you go, I've watched the walkthroughs, and it, I'm not impressed. It didn't yeah, seem scary, scary, and it wasn't even that good of references to the show, in my opinion. Yeah. Number three is the Amazon stock plummet thanks to Donald Trump. Is that it? I mean. Amazon is the new Disney to me. Like, it's taking over the world. Well, what happened was, I guess, um, the CEO of Amazon owns the Washington Post. So okay. Trump decided to tweet about it, and they lost a bunch of stocks because of it. Oh. I mean, that yeah, that sucks. But kind of it's illegal. Amazon. It's Amazon. They're going to be just fine. Yeah. They're going to be just fine. I just ordered about... $8,000 worth of things in pageant prep from Amazon. So from me alone, I'm keeping, I'm keeping Amazon yeah. alive. Mo- 75% rhinestones, yes. <laughs> Number four is grinder data mining. Oh, is, is that like where they now um, send you messages that are actually ads? Well, and, and they'll send your information to data Oh, mining. okay. So that, I don't know. I've never heard of data mining. See, I feel like I have more questions than you have questions yeah. for me. <laughs> uh... Every corp- girl, the IRS is sending my information. I get 75 calls a day getting offers for Medicaid and Medicare assistance, and I'm 28 years old. So, because <laughs> the IRS has sold my information um, to somebody. So, it's it happens with everything. At this point, I just, it's all inevitable. Your information is going to get out somehow. No matter how many times you unclick that agree button right. when it asks you, do you want newsletters and updates? They still got nope. your email. They're still going to send you, sit or sell, sell your information to somebody. And number five is Jesus Christ Superstar Live. Okay, so I only saw it. I only saw the like ads for it. Like I only knew it was a thing like the day before it aired. I had no idea it was even happening. Like Usually with most of them, I know about them way in advance. And I'm like, am I excited about this? And I get to gauge how I feel about it. So my first thought was, why John Legend? He's a great recording artist, great songwriter as well. He has great taste in women. I think Chrissy Teigen is adorable. Um, And I think she's a great role model for girls. Um, Not just because she's a model, because she's a model who's not afraid to tell people that she eats and she's cute and quirky and fun. No body shaming. Um, But he's not an actor, and I don't think he's an actor by any I think he's got a great personality and I think he's a really sweet person. I actually watched him on Hollywood Game Night and mm-hmm. it is so cute watching the two of them go against each other. Um but I just don't think he's a great actor. I actually haven't watched it. Neither have I. I haven't watched it. Um but I by solely seeing the ad for it, I was just like, that's not who I would have picked. Yeah. Um, not who I would have cast. I don't know who I would have cast actually because people that's always people's second question. Who would you cast yeah. instead? Um I don't know. Um who would have been better? Oh, I don't know. I, I have to, I'll think about that. Maybe I'll have an answer later. Maybe I'll tweet about it yeah, and let you know who it. I think who who I think should have been Jesus. So we have my previous guest ask my current guest a question. Okay, and this is a question from Cicatrix. When you have to get into her. She, she's a she's a witchy one. Okay, when you perform, what color aura do you think describes your drag? Oh. I don't, so I don't know, like, what the different colors mean. I think, I always like to associate myself, I kind of associate my drag with either green or purple. Not just because visually, but I think that, like, those are fun, bubbly, not overly sexy colors or not overly dark colors. I think, like, a, a nice 
lilac or um, a brighter green. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that what that means. That could be mean could mean that I'm either a slut or um, I like to kill puppies. I'm not sure what, the, <laughs> what those colors represent my aura, but... Who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll I'll have to, I'll have to Google it. <laughs> so now it's your turn to ask my next guest a question. Okay. Um, it can be any question you want oh, to be. I kind of want to do a bad pageant question. Do it. There's so, hor- there's so many horrible ones. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention a couple and then I'll pick my favorite. So my favorite pageant questions... They're all horrendous. Is um, if you were a fruit, what fruit would you be and why? I have a great answer for that one. Um, and then the oh, this is a good one. Okay, the worst pageant question I've ever heard, and I've heard it used multiple times. No, there's actually one that I found that I hate more than this one. But the one that I'm thinking of is if you had to describe a rainbow to a blind person, <laughs> how would you do it? Okay. It's so horrendous and such an awful loaded question and has nothing to do. So I was going to mention this earlier. Um, pageant questions almost always need to answer why should you mi- be Miss Blank? Yeah. So to try and bring that question around to why you should be whatever title you have is so difficult. Yeah. So I that's why I hate it as a pageant question because it's so loaded and has nothing to do with anything about your personality or anything about uh, other than don't abuse blind people like right. basically you would be nice to them by explaining a rainbow to them but yeah. how are you going to do oh, that God. so yeah that's yeah that's that's gonna be my question how yeah. would you describe a rainbow to a blind person oh god I'm, I'm excited for this answer <laughs> well if you've gotten this far in the podcast you use fifi for miss gay america as your hashtag and where can we find you on social media? You can find me on social media. I use the handle Fifi Dubois DQ, as in drag queen, dairy queen, or dystopian queefs. Um, that's F-I-F-I-D-U-B-O-A-S-D-Q. And then on Facebook, it's just Fifi Dubois, F-I-F-I-D-U-B-O-A-S. And you'll have some fundraisers, ways to help you for... I will most likely have fundraisers once I qualify. Amazing. I'm not going to do any beforehand, um, just because it's short notice. Sure. And I'd rather save the money for the Absolutely. for the big deal, rather than dra- drain everyone and early on. Well, everyone will follow you on Instagram, and we'll find out ways to help you. Please do. Please do. I only have... I'm like... 12 shy of 4,000. So we will get you there. Well, this was a pleasure. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thanks to Fifi for coming on. Subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud and leave us a review while you're there. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk. Mm